Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. I'm James Kay and as always I'm joined by Ryan McGowan. How are you Ryan? Hello everyone, I'm very good, thank you very much. Um, yeah, all good, all good, all good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Getting through the days, go back to work in under a month now, so I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is very exciting. Yeah. And tomorrow we can go and have a picnic with one person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I won't lie to you, Ryan, I thought you could do that anyway, but here we are. I mean, the the rules are a bit confusing and have been always, but even now so. I mean, if you go down the high street, it's pretty much the same, except some of the shops aren't open and it's just a bit of an inconvenience. But if you've ever been to, like, the range, you wouldn't think that there was a lockdown. No, this is the thing. I'm going to out myself a bit here. I don't think at the minute you're supposed to cross county lines, but the other day I went for a walk and I crossed a county line. And oh. the amount of people that are just out and about, it's, it's literally like fuckles going on. Aye, it is. <laughs> and yet the cases are dropping, so hurrah, long live the vaccine and all that, long live Brexit for letting us distribute it so quickly. Always said Brexit was a good idea. Don't look back at anything I've said in the past. Don't at me. <laughs> was always on that side. But mm. yeah, that's life. And then I think at the end of the month we can meet with six people outside, which is exciting. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll be I'll be going back to work soon in uh, April 12th which is the guideline day to say a lot of places and venues can open up again so I'll be going back yep. to work around that time uh, but I yep. think at that point you're still not allowed to have six people outside so uh, I, uh, where I work I'm not sure <laughs> most people gather in groups of more than six they come in big groups mm. generally uh, yeah. and so I'm not entirely sure if, they'll, if we're going to be able, I don't, I don't know how it's like going to work family bubbles yeah, probably we did family bubbles before, so I'm pretty sure we'll do the same again. But yeah, yeah, well, long live yeah. the vaccine. It's all going well. It seems like it's getting better, finally. But we also said this in September, so I hold my breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the furlough has been extended till September, wasn't it? Right, people panicked about this, and I feel like if you are panicking, maybe it should be explained. The furlough has been extended to the end of September, so basically, when it ends at the end of April, if businesses aren't ready to reopen yet they won't just sack all of their staff. It mm. means that this gives businesses time to grow slowly over summer so that there's not like mass unemployment, which there would have been. Mm. So don't worry. It doesn't mean there's going to be another lockdown. It means that they're trying to save jobs. There you go. Economic advice from James K. There you are. And if I'm wrong, which I probably am, then, I don't know, write to the podcast. That's yeah. what people do at gmail.com or whatever. I don't know. It's almost as if we, we should have had a, a put in the tea and politics back. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Where'd that go? <laughs> For those that don't know, obviously everyone, uh, to our lovely listeners, um, James and I have tried various sort of creative uh, options and have gone down many creative avenues uh, over the couple of years uh, since starting this. Before starting this podcast, uh, James has done some other podcasts. I've uh, James and I started a previous podcast once with a couple of other people that didn't go <laughs> down too well. Uh, which are, the, the episodes are still up if you're a, if you're if you're a super sleuth on the internet like at the Cecil Hotel, you'll find it. Um, you know what we're on about but no I, I uh, am quite into my politics I think I appeared on one of James's previous podcasts to talk about politics uh, and I oh, I remember that so yeah, long ago yeah and I, I created a Facebook page called Putting the Tea in Politics whereby I stood in front of a camera with a cup of tea in one hand and I basically rounded up the weekly uh, politics news uh, in layman's terms for everyone because Brexit was going on at the time we had Theresa May in government mm. and everything was just a wee bit up in the air there was a lot of political jargon 
and I saw a lot of people that are our age and younger who really just don't understand what's going on. So I just tried to explain it in layman's terms, uh, and it was quite fun for a little while. Uh, but then you've got so many other platforms out there that are just doing such a better job. Like like TLDR news are phenomenal, like, and I don't know how they manage to do what they do with so little budget and time. So well, I got, there we go. I got pushed out. I was a, a small fish in a big pond, and uh, you got outdone by the big guys. Got outdone by the big guys. Yeah. So yeah, fuck you guys. I've now got my own show. <laughs> a semi-successful show yeah semi-successful show which i will point out at the time of recording so you guys listening right now we have just hit over nine thousand listens which have is actually it's phenomenal yes i was going to mention this to you earlier and then i thought oh, what i'll do is i'll tell him on the show we've hit over nine thousand listens that means over nine thousand people have listened to this show minimum like continuously and we're getting so like, you guys listening this is not supposed to be an update on the show but we're getting almost a thousand listens a month so thank you so much to everyone who's actually listening i saw that to and i've show. seen recently as well that amanda knox for some reason has taken off has something gone down with amanda knox though i don't know about uh i don't know that well, episode has boomed lately i've heard there may be a talk of her having a television show in america oh really okay yeah, yeah so maybe we'll keep an eye on that but yeah so it turns out you guys uh like amanda knox that's that's cool that's fine <laughs> uh we like diogenes we like all the bad people as well but yeah no honestly thank you so much to everyone who is continually listening to the show we've noticed as well before we've even put out the social media to tell you what episode when the episode has come out or who we're talking Mm. about we noticed that people have started listening to it already so i mean honestly you must have notifications on you must have these notifications on and i'm so humbled we're both so so humbled that you guys are even listening it does make it worth it for sure. It does make it worth it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're 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 working on some bits that are, that will come because we we'll be turning two in a in a couple of months. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, not long at all. Yeah, yeah, not long at all. So we'll be turning two, and when we do turn two, we'll have an announcement, which is fucking awesome, and I'm really happy for it. And I'm currently repping it right now. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking about who, James. Uh, William Wallace, and that's the last time I'm doing a Scottish accent on this episode. Okay, excellent. Well, I am uh, Scottish. I have Scottish family. My nan and all my other family, they're all Scottish, so I may I may pull it out the bag now and then. <laughs> okay, okay, I look forward to it. I feel like I'm allowed to do it because it's like it's like one of those. Oh no, it, uh, I I it can't I can't be I can say it because I am you know like that. Okay, okay. That at some point, then I'm gonna have to ask you to shout freedom in a scottish accent because that's what the viewers want see this is the thing right so if i'm allowed to do a scottish accent because i have scottish heritage and that that does no longer like if that's not racist what mel gibson does is racist (laughs) uh i think a lot of what mel gibson has done just in general is quite racist oh yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah i don't think he cares all right well maybe we'll get a freedom we'll get a freedom that's what we want that's what we want so i need to put out a little bit of a disclaimer before this episode i'm not a fucking historian my brother is and i told him about it and he went i don't know so (laughs) i'm not a historian um so facts around william wallace are fucking hard to track down and decipher like what's fact and what is fiction um because as we know history is written by the victors and that probably tells you how this story is going to end um so yeah it it's it, there's like I think there's two documents on William Wallace through his entire life. Wow. 
and the rest is just hearsay. So, oh, a lot of what I say, people might be listening to going, that's not true, that's not true. Generally, we don't know what is true and what isn't true. There's so many sources, and I've tried to quote lots of different things to like try and support different quotes, but hey, we'll, uh, we'll give it a go. However, I will put one thing out there. In Braveheart, he's depicted as like handsome with long flowing locks, you know, like Mel Gibson, stereotypical Hollywood. Yeah. Um, generally, sources say he was not an attractive bloke. <laughs> that we'll just get that out there. He he wasn't he wasn't the best looking bloke. Yes. Uh, can we just promise the listeners, and moreover, can you please promise to me and do my uh, national hero justice? You've not taken your information from the movie Braveheart. No. In fact, I'll tell you what, Ryan. I haven't watched Braveheart in over a decade. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> This is good news because I might after after I've written this and recorded it, I might go and watch it. But no, this is all from historical like documents and just like websites and things. Fantastic. If anyone is interested in like uh historical movies that get just absolutely rinsed and taken apart and shown for their historical inaccuracies, uh there's a YouTube series uh oh, completely forgot the name of it. Either way, it's a guy called Nick Hodges and he basically breaks down uh, historical films and shows basically tells you how accurate they are and he did an episode on Braveheart and basically was like this is one of the most inaccurate movies I've ever seen in my life it's fucking awful <laughs> this is the thing like it struggles to be accurate as well because there is literally very little written about William Wallace right. and the rebellions and things yep. so they've just they've literally been like oh he seems like a cool bloke and just made a fucking film about I it think, so. I think uh, if you remember at all there's uh, William Wallace has like a, a romance uh moment with some female french character in the film um mm. apparently in reality she was about five when he was around so they're like i'm not sure that would have happened right okay unless you know no well and if it did red flag red flag yeah exactly okay then so okay so now i've got that disclaimer out there no one can come at me in the uh comments so that's great <laughs> yeah. so well, to, to to find the context of William Wallace's story, I think we should look at the state of Scotland at the time. So everything until I say is fact, and then afterwards it becomes a bit cloudy. But what ha- what I'm about to say is supported by historians, so go me. So Scotland was under the rule of Alexander III, who reigned from 1249 to 1286. And when he came to the throne, he was a child, and no one really took him seriously, because why the fuck would you take orders from a kid? Yeah. Um Factions were fighting for power because they didn't really want to be ruled by a child. But when he became an adult, when he was 21, he wanted to show his power by reclaiming some Scottish islands that had been claimed by Norway. Okay. And he went ahead and did that. He, he did it. He just got the islands back. Way Scotland flourished. There was a lot of trade. They had great relations with surrounding countries, including England, which I'm sure you know is probably going to turn south very quickly. But they had, uh, they had good relationships and life in Scotland was good and peaceful. Alexander got married. He had a daughter who was in line for the throne. However, like most kings back then, he wanted a male heir because that's just what they did. Mm. So after his wife uh, passed away, he remarried in 1285 and his wife got pregnant. And then on his way back from, I believe, Glasgow, uh, he was on a journey back and he was going alongside a cliff face and it was very dark and his horse lost its footing, slipped along the cliff face and the horse and Alexander plummeted to their death. His wife lost the baby, and therefore Margaret, his daughter he had with his uh, deceased wife, who was nicknamed the Maid of Norway because she lived in Norway, was to take command of the country. However, she was only eight, so she was put under guard. It's all kicking off. Yeah. Ah, there's so much just There's happened. just a lot of death and 
yeah, he was a child, then he was alive, and then or alive, and then he was an adult, and then he took over an island, and then everything was great, and then his wife got pregnant, then he died, child died. He, he, he died in his prime almost. He hadn't yet finished what he wanted to do. No, not at all. And if he didn't die... So basically, if he didn't die... The, 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 William Wallace wouldn't have been needed. Oh, okay, yeah, because he could have been that figurehead for Scottish, you know, rebellion of sorts. Because everything was cushy. Yeah. Oh, of course. There was no need for a rebellion. Oh, Everyone was fine. Right, and you're going to tell... Right, you're, no, sorry, I don't want to jump ahead. But now you're going to tell me because he's gone and the only sort of heir is this girl in Norway who is not even 10 and this is just going to throw a black a power vacuum into the works. That's literally what happened. So the Scots realised that having an eight-year-old on the throne, not ideal, especially an eight-year-old girl. So they turned to England for help, and Edward I was king of England, and he went, no problem. So he betrothed Margaret to his son, who would later become Edward II, who was apparently a, a gay king, according to Marlowe. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Edward I is yeah. known as the Longshanks, isn't he? Oh, well... You're telling me. <laughs> maybe. I believe that was his nickname, like the Long Shanks, and I think that's to do with him being quite brutal. Um, he w- he does seem like a brutal gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, apparently his son's gay. But then from what I've like seen in history, so many kings are a little bit gay. If not, like they're just fully bisexual. <laughs> like they, You know when, like, this is the thing, right? So I have a theory. You know whenever you see these documentaries and they say, oh, uh, uh, Henry XYZ uh, uh, had his favourite made the general of this army and everyone was really pissed off because he yeah. has no experience and it's like oh yeah that's because they're totally banging that's why he's ma- he's just yeah, giving them exactly random that. jobs uh, because it keeps him around because uh, otherwise what's the point in this bloke randomly hanging around the king for no apparent reason oh, he's, a, he's my friend no you're the king you don't have friends you're too busy doing shit oh, okay well he's the, uh, he's the leader of my armies in northern France oh, okay makes sense and in the meantime they're just in a tent Fucking. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's definitely what I believe it is. Anytime a king had a favourite, that was just his, you know, his boyfriend. Yeah, for sure. And Edward II is heavily. I think it was Gaveston that he was heavily like linked with. And then they ki- the lords knew about it, killed Gaveston. Edward was taken. Yeah, they, t- they do that uh, all the time. They always kill the favourites, don't they? And then oh, this is becoming about Edward II, but he there's disagreements about how he was killed but one of the most famous methods is that a red hot poker was shoved up his ass because they couldn't leave the scar what yeah they got a red hot poker and shoved it up his ass I mean, and killed him that's a way in it that's a way it's, it's certainly that's how that's how marlo describes it in his play so mm. there we go mm. yeah no not that's not a bit of me culture that. <laughs> <laughs> so back to scotland uh, tragedy strikes. Margaret travels from Norway to Scotland, eight years old, member, and gets some sort of seasickness, and she oh, dies. Uh oh. Who the fuck's in line for the throne now? No one knows. Because she was betrothed to Edward II, the countries weren't unified because they didn't marry. However, England was still like, well, they were betrothed, so technically Scotland's ours now. So, as you can see, this is where the kind of hoo-ha begins because England now thinks it has a claim over Scotland and Scotland's like, well, no. Yeah. Didn't happen. So, let's get on to William Wallace. Uh, And this, from here on out, is where fact and myth are going to blur in and out of each other. So, bear with me. 
He was born around 1270 in Scotland. He was the son of Sir Malcolm Wallace. Um, his father was a landowner of James and fifth, the fifth Earl of Scotland. However, I'll be honest, what I've just read is from one source about Wallace's life from a ballad written after he died. But another source also shows that Wallace was born to a man named Alan Wallace after a stamp was found deciphering um, William, the son of Alan Wallace. So, again, was he born to Malcolm? Was he born to Alan? We don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, if, if you want to be a bit generic, you could say uh, someone just didn't understand what the Scottish man was saying and they thought, oh, it must be Malcolm. And someone went, no, he's definitely said Alan. And he's just gone, Malcolm, like that. And he's gone, no, that's... This is the, a lot of one of the main sources about William Wallace's life is from a ballad by oh, I've completely forgot his name. He's called like Something the Blind, and he wrote it long after William had died, and he got all his information from documents that like priests had written oh, okay. about him. Well, yeah. And it's just, it just I don't know. It, it all seems a bit wishy washy up in the air kind of thing. There's no like proper documents of this yeah. is who he was. This is yeah, what he did. There's no census like of the time. No, no, no. It, it's no one really knows Priests who the bloke is. were like the documentarians of the time though weren't they like, they're the mainly mainly the guys yeah. that write and you know can read and write so they just document everything that's really happening yeah so so that's where a lot of it comes from but hey he apparently he was extremely well educated fluent in english french and latin right. go william um and it was suggested that he bought was brought up with military teachings and even fought for edward the first at one point again i don't know uh, Wallace was probably unmarried and is not known to have fathered any yeah, children. Too busy, isn't he? He is too busy leading rebellions against the yeah, against too busy the English. Be a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wait, hey, wait. I'm English. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm a hybrid. I'm a mixture of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, stories claim that at one point he was a bit of a rogue. He would kill an Englishman he was just arguing with, and he also killed six English soldiers who accused him of stealing food. Obviously, not the last English men he'd go on to kill, but at this point, it was murder as opposed nah, nah, to war. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, like, listen, right? So it, 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 in the spirit of William Wallace, oh, there's my first Scottish accent of the day. In the spirit of William Wallace, right? <laughs> if 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 Scotland go for this independence uh, referendum soon, within the next year or two, I'm I'm totally going for citizenship. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to, uh, yeah, no, really? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, listen, I'm thinking future proofing, right? I'm thinking, right, this makes more sense. If, 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 and possibly when uh, Scotland goes for independence and actually gets it, because let's be honest, their independence movement has kicked off again because of Brexit. Scotland voted not to leave the European Union, but because of yeah. their domination by the English, they have to. So they're now saying, well, I'm not, so not being funny. We only chose to stay in the UK because you're part of the EU. That's realistically the only benefit we like want from this union. If you're going to leave, we're not interested. So if they go for independence, they're totally going to go for EU citizenship. Obviously, I know that's not going to that's not going to happen in a year or two. That's going to take like you know upwards near, upwards of like ten years to get done. Listen, I'm going for citizenship with Scottish like Scotland Scottish citizenship because then my kids will have freedom to go and work and travel across Europe. Go for it, man. I'm yeah, absolutely. About the kids. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get it's very good. patriotic good. in this episode. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel <laughs> it. I'll, I'll try and be as patriotic as English as possible, but I won't lie. I'm, I'm not. I don't really like England. Apart from when we play football, it's the only time I actually give a oh, shit about mate, this summer of 2018. Bring it back. Oh, I I dream about <laughs> those days. 
Everybody hates the English except for the English who hate themselves. Yeah, it's so true. Or what I see that Simpsons episode of Willy. Yeah. It's like a, it's like Scots fighting like the English or the Scots fighting the Scots. I think he says like brothers and sisters like natural enemies, and then he like goes on to riff on a few things. It's like England and Scotland are just natural enemies. Yeah. (laughs) England, Scotland, France, and Scotland. Scots (laughs) and other Scots, they just hate each other. Talking of Scotland, fair play Rangers for winning the league. Congratulations, Rangers. Congratulations. Congratulations, Stephen Gerrard. First management gig. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Unfortunately, no one gives a shit about Scottish football, so we move. Um, Edward didn't try to take over Scotland straight away. In fact, he was asked by Scottish lords to choose a new king, and he chose a man called John Balliol. Uh, a man who he thought could easily he could easily control. He was this, the descendant of David, a uh-huh. Scottish king, and the English thought he was weak. Right. So he just thought that Edward thought if we put this bloke in charge, he, yeah. he's a puppet king. Like no worries, we're fine. But typically, England and France were at war at the time because yeah. when are we not? And Balliol decided to pledge Scotland's Scotland's allegiance oh. to France. <laughs> Which Edward must have been sat in there like, sorry, <laughs> what? Sorry, what you said the, the wrong word there. You were supposed to have said England. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1296, King Edward of England imprisoned and got rid of Scottish King, King John Balliol and declared himself ruler of Scotland. <laughs> so the Scottish right. rebel. That was very much, uh, if you can't, if was it? <laughs> if you can't do it, sorry, it's like, do it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. So sort of, fuck it, I'll yeah. I'll do it then. But the Scottish people were mm. not happy, so they rebelled in May 1297. Wallace and a group of around 30 men burned Lanark and killed its sheriff, and this really ignited the War of Independence. After this, joined by Sir William Douglas, Wallace marched to Scone. I think it's Scone. It's yeah, it's one of those scone, words that people yeah. argue about pronunciation. And drove out the English, attacking garrisons between the rivers Forth and Tay. The Scottish steward, Robert the Bruce, who would later know on to go on to be uh, Robert the First, King uh, Robert the yeah. First, he gathered an army but were forced to surrender by Henry de Percy and Sir Robert de Clifford in July twelve ninety seven. Proper medieval yeah, names, great those. Names. Uh, however, Wallace thought, You've surrendered, but fuck am I going to? So he remained in action and was not deterred. And he had a lot of fucking men with him, and he went to the forest of Selkirk that was, uh, and he was growing um, uh, an army and laid siege to Dundee. However, he abandoned it, which is a bit strange. He abandoned it to go with a man called Andrew de Murray, mm. Murray, uh, because an English army was advancing towards Stirling with the Earl of Surrey, John de Warren. There's a lot of fucking D's in here. Everyone's a. Uh, I think because it's it's the it's the Latin or French of uh, of, isn't it? So somewhere of something. Ah right. Yeah, we James had it with uh, Joan of Arc episode, Birmingham. didn't we? With uh, and I promise I wouldn't say it again, but I'm gonna Jeanne de Arc. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Jeanne. Yeah. Just wrong. So, this is where we get to. Uh, the Battle of Stirling, which is one of his most oh, famous and battles. My, sorry, so, and my family homeland as well. That's where all my Scottish family Harold from, Stirling. Hey. Well, there you go. You've got oh, ties fantastic. with this story. So the Earl of Surrey failed to bring Wallace on terms. And on September 11th, the English began to file across a narrow bridge along the River Forth. 
So what basically happened was William Wallace was like, wait, this is a bottleneck. You know the film 300 where it's just like we're going to stand here and make their yeah. numbers count for shit? It's exactly what William Wallace did. He was like, if they cross this bridge, their numbers are meaningless because we'll just bottleneck them. So he just waited for the English to cross the bridge. So he waited for a large portion of English troops on the bridge before charging with uh, spears, forcing the English soldiers who weren't immediately slaughtered into the river. Uh, the English turned around and fucking legged it. The Scots pursued the remaining, uh, remaining. however, the Earl of Surrey escaped. This was the Battle of Stirling Bridge, and it was a huge win for Wallace and his rebels. And just for a moment, Scotland was free of occupation. Just for a moment. However, obviously, didn't last long. So Wallace moved around a little bit. He tried besieging Carlisle and uh, burning down other towns. Uh just doing general rebellion kind of stuff and then he returned to scotland in december 1297 he was knighted and given the title guardian of scotland which yeah, sounds boy. fucking awesome <laughs> that's my man <laughs> in the name of uh king john yeah, yeah. de Balliol, like it who was who was a prisoner of london at the time because edward went and grabbed him was like what the fuck is you're doing you <laughs> got him around the ear and just pulled him back to london <laughs> yeah <laughs> you were supposed to be easy to fucking control now look what you've done So, Wallace set himself up to reorganise his army. He worked hard and he acted wisely, supported by many, including uh, Bishop Robert Wishart uh, and Robert the Bruce. Who, who I recognise the name of Robert the Bruce a Robert lot, the Bruce but I don't really know much about uh, him. One of the most famous Scottish figures um, up there. Uh, almost up there like with like Rabbi Burns, with like famously Burns Night um, that they have in Scotland. But yeah, Robert the Bruce, uh, I think recently played by Chris Pine in Outlaw King in netflix uh original film that's oh, about okay, i believe robert okay. bruce but yeah no robert bruce lots of statues of him all over scotland like he's because he's i think he's the last scottish king um before unif like proper unification I, I, something like that i, I can't remember because i know james the first he, he was definitely part yeah, of the rebellion uh, james the first of uh england is like james the sixth of scotland uh, it's yeah they're, oh, like, very confusing but no yeah he's very 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 famous king it's, it's a bit weird, yeah. Right, well, there we go. So, Wallace wasn't everyone's cup of tea, uh, but obviously he was very powerful, so everyone was like, oh, fuck it, what's the point? So generally, most Scots were fully on his team. Edward, however, was very pissed off, and he had no intention of letting the defeat of Stirling Bridge be his downfall. So he ordered thousands of men back to Scotland to reclaim it. And in English warfare around the time, it's well known that when it came to archery, mm -hmm. the English were just the best. The English longbow uh, was like a sh enough to strike fear into any man's heart. And it was law for every man in England to practice archery. So therefore, nearly every man in England was extraordinarily good with a bow. Yeah, so apparently, this is really cool. Um, archaeologists, when they dig up bones, there's some of them that have got like beefy arms, uh, like beefy bones on one particular arm. And this comes from... Uh, they found out that this comes from like a particular era when the longbow was used by the English and they can figure it out. They, they dig up a bone and they're like, oh, this one's got a beefy arm. And they're like, oh, right, okay, now I can kind of tell where in what, when in history this person came from because just because of that. That's really interesting that the, the archery has literally adapted their hand. Yeah, yeah, they're like known for it. And apparently, uh, sorry, I'm going to go off on one for a second. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, you know our two finger swear that we do, yeah 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 which like uh like when people like throw up i don't know if you remember like in japanese anime 
someone in Japan like throws up two finger peace sign. Well, if we just flip it round, apparently that's now swearing at someone. Apparently that yeah. comes from English and French rivalries because of the English bowmen uh, being so skillful with their bows. If ever a French soldier caught an English bowman they'd cut off those two fingers so they couldn't use them and then any time an English person saw a Frenchman they'd throw up their two fingers to say look I've still got my fingers and I could still get you oh shit that's so cool apparently that's where it comes from hooray I'm going to go around to France doing it to all the French people look at me like Mr. Like Mr. Bean just throwing it outside yeah. the convertible everywhere <laughs> yeah so Wallace retreated slowly and wasted the country behind him so that Edward's force could not resupply themselves while marching. And I think um, the Russians did that in World War Two. They just literally burnt their land to the ground so the Germans couldn't feed themselves. Oh, they do it all the time. Like, they're just like... Because the country's so big, they're like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just fuck it, burn it. If we can't have it, no one can. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Edward's army was half-starved and they were on the point of retreat. However, on July 21st, he learnt that Wallace was waiting for them near Falkirk. Edward advanced, and after finding Wallace, a battle began. Uh, there was a lot of losses on both sides. However, the English longbows did their job, and it meant that a repeat of Stirling Bridge just simply wasn't viable. Wallace went northward with survivors, and Edward returned south. W- uh, Wallace fully lost support after this battle, and he vanishes from history for a while. So there's around four years where he just he just vanishes. No one knows where the fuck he is. He resigned from his position of Guardian of Scotland, and there was evidence that he went to France in 1299 to gather support, but there's not much known about his activities. Um, And this is where something weird happens. The English and the French actually get on. So Edward marries his second wife, Margaret, who is the daughter of the King of France, and the two countries are now unified and at peace. Hooray! So England fully turns its attention to Scotland, its pesky neighbour. Wallace turned up to France, expecting to find a king ex- uh, who hated the English as much as he did. However, he was arrested and the English were informed of this. Expecting execution, the English just said, oh, cheers, just keep him prisoner for a while. So the French uh. did that. They just kind of kept him there. However, as always, England and France start bickering again and Wallace manages to get on the good side of the French and is released. Mm. Yeah, it so, does yeah, seem to they... me like that Scotland and French were always natural allies, but just because of their neutral hatred for England. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's probably still the same now, to be honest with you. Yeah, right, apparently so. They get on quite well. So, uh, Wallace wished to go to Rome to plead his case to the Pope, because that's apparently what everyone did in history. They just always went to the Pope whenever they had a problem. And Philip, King of France, wrote a letter to the Pope asking him to hear Wallace out. And that letter was found in the National Archives in London in 2011. So that's still about. That's exciting. Finally, a piece of documentation that actually says where Wallace was going. Mm. Uh, However, the letter never reached Rome, and nor did Wallace. It's quite unclear what happened. Either the letter and Wallace were captured together, or the letter was intercepted by spies. It's generally unknown. Um... However, Wallace is somehow back in Scotland and not exactly in Braveheart style. On August the 5th, 1305, he's captured by a man called Sir John Menteith. And John Menteith was a Scottish man and he captured him and handed him over to the English. Ah, yeah, right. Okay, okay. He's like, um, there's like a lot of Scottish nobles that are being paid off by the English uh, court. And they're Hmm. saying, look, if you just get this bastard, I can give you X, Y, Z land. Like, all you have to do is just side with us and then you're going to get this on that. Basically, they're sellouts. That's what they are. 
Yeah, it's, it's, literally, it's literally that. They're just trying to cover their own backs because I think a lot of Scottish people probably knew it was quite an unwinnable war because as 100%. much respect you can have for Scotland, England was a fucking force. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's bigger. Uh, it was more sort of stabilised, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, Wallace was taken to London and on August 23rd, 1305, he was shown to Westminster Hall and he was condemned to death. There was no trial because, why would there be? He was a traitor to the king. However, he denied that he was a traitor because how can you be a traitor to a king that you never swore allegiance to? Yeah, it's not even your king. Yeah, it it doesn't really make sense. Like how I can't be treacherous to you because I I literally don't follow you. Yeah, like I kill have me a king. for Yeah, kill me for waging war on you. Go crazy. Like fair enough, but treachery? Come on now. Ah, oh, mate. Doesn't really Don't make like sense. it. Don't like no. it. That's that's it. That, that it's almost like the birth of English imperialism here. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, the same day he was hung, drawn, and quartered. First of all, he was dragged through the streets by uh, of London by horses to his execution spot. Um, I, I think he was butt naked while that happened. Oh, uh, and he was hanged until not quite dead. Mm. Which I can't really get. Like, it's awful, isn't it? Like, I always thought that hanging it was the neck breaking where you die, but I don't really know. So there's, there's, um, there's different types so the the hanging that we know of is supposed to be like the more humane version it's where they they somehow like basically give you a longer rope uh and the idea is that your body weight calculated with the length of the rope when you drop it snaps a vertebrae in your neck and it kills you instantly it's supposed to be more humane however there are lots of cases in history where they've given you too long a rope and the weight of your body and the sudden impact of that rope on your head it can decapitate them bloody hell which has happened quite a few times apparently in history where you know they drop them and the head falls off and the body falls to the floor uh, and then there's oh the God. other one which is where it's just it's called a slow hanging and it's uh where like the rope's just not long enough uh you don't drop like you do other ones and you just you choke to death and that i believe is where we get uh the tyburn jig from um which yeah where they're we, choking yeah yeah we know quite well from uh previous work placements uh the tyburn jig is obviously where like you are literally just hanging there and as you're gasping for breath your body just convulses because it's trying to do something but yeah you'll lay there but you'll just hang there jiggling around until you almost pass out and that's when they take you down amazing lovely sounds wonderful he went through that so yeah oh, that happened to him it. And then after he was taken down, having lost all oxygen and almost choked to death, he had his stomach cut open, his organs ripped out, and they were burnt in front of him. Was he dead? Maybe, but also maybe not. He probably saw his organs get torn out. Honestly, imagine that. No anaesthetic, no nothing. Just some fucker just cutting into you and ripping your shit out. Because obviously the execution is very well documented because the English documented it. There was loads of people there just writing about it. Yeah. Yeah, big famous dude. Like, out of nowhere, there's this traitor who's been waging war against us. People must have heard of him, like, ballads, uh, you know, people singing about it, telling stories about it and whatnot. They must know who he was. And yeah, he's Scottish, absolutely. so that people like the English were just vehemently racist against Scottish because they're like old enemies. They don't, they've probably not seen many Scottish people. No, probably not, no. Very true, especially not in central London. Yeah. He was then beheaded and his limbs were taken off. His limbs were scattered around the country to Stirling, Perth, Newcastle-upon-Tyne and Berwick. Wow. I've no idea why. It was just a proper piece of theatre from uh, Edward who just wanted to show the strength of England. Like, look at us, we've taken your hero and we've put 
like his limbs in every corner of our country um yeah man i think it's to do with uh yeah literally what you said like it, it's a fear tactic here is the arm of the traitor that once was so and so and i think as well these um the body parts were placed in like right relatively strategically so like places that maybe had a bit of um rebellion in them so like obviously like mm. with newcastle upon time newcastle was like relatively close to the border of scotland yeah so like i imagine it would make more sense to like put maybe the arm in newcastle and say yeah by the way everyone just so you know that is the arm of william wallace so if anyone even thinks about it this is gonna happen all right it would be quite something wouldn't it just seeing a bloody arm on the just, just hanging around knowing that the others are scattered or the, the other limbs are scattered yeah, man. And his head up. was placed on London Bridge because that's just where heads went. Yeah, man. That's where the heads go. That is where the heads go. I always, I always used to stand there and like, look at the Tower of London and look at London Bridge and just think, wow, so many heads. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a sight that would have been. Just a bunch of mm. fucking heads covered in tar just sat on the fucking ramparts and you're yeah. looking at it thinking... I remember uh, I was standing outside uh, Tower of London once. You know the uh, Traitor's Gate that's like still there? Yes. I was just standing there like looking at it and I was like, if I could have a time machine and go back, I don't know, 500, 600 years and just stand here and see what it was like, it'd be fascinating. It would, wouldn't it? It'd be awesome. If only we had a time travel machine, that'd be so cool because like, we'd have to go really cool. to, we'd have to go to an execution. We'd have to go see one just to know what it's like. Yeah, just to see what it's like. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd love it. Fascinating, fascinating place. And then like you turn around and there's just skyscrapers now. It's weird how the times yeah. change, man. It, yeah, it's mad that at one point in history the Tower of London would have been the tallest thing in London. Yeah. And then and right, it's not really that tall. No, it's not. And just across the river is then the Shard. <laughs> Which just dwarfs it. Yeah. The Shard's big. It big. So. In 1306, uh, Bruce uh, raised a rebellion that eventually won the independence for Scotland. However, it didn't really last long because the official war would go on to 1341, where it was kind of decided that it was a stalemate. Mm. Between 1296 and 1341, Scotland had been had been in English hands more than its own. Um, obviously, more fights happened, like others in the 1500s. Catherine of Aragon was left in charge of England's fight against the Scottish while Henry VIII was fighting in mm. France. And she sent her husband the blooded coat of James the Fourth as a sign of victory. Ah, oh, shit, man. She was yeah. That, I I really like that story. I think that's so cool because women obviously weren't supposed to amount to much, and she was like, "Look what I've done." Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until the 1700s that England and Scotland would finally become united under one monarch, and it still is today. And she fucking loves going to her bloody holiday home up there. Oh, she loves Balmoral. She fucking loves it. Oh, yeah. She spends her Christmas up there, I believe. Yeah. Gets her Come on, Scotland. On. Have a rebellion. I, I won't. I'll stay completely neutral. I'll fucking watch. Have another one. Aye? That'd be funny. <laughs> just trying to encourage... I'm just trying to rouse the Scottish. Uh, I, I, this is the thing where, like, you, as you said, uh, where Scotland had been in the hands of the English longer than it had almost been in the hands of the Scottish, as, as, the, as the Scottish were then, like, Christianised... Uh, somewhat english speakers a lot of them or french speakers not no probably not that i mean maybe the the how, how like the english common folk would have spoke broken english scottish common folk now spoke gaelic but like i'm assuming the nobles and what would have spoke 
you know french or somewhat english to a degree yeah um but yeah yeah uh, nowadays this is why like scottish independence is like a eh, not that many people seem to be that fussed about it is because that when you've been part of something for so long and that's all you know you think ah fuck it go along with it and i think that's what it is it's just been like anglicized so much now that it's not mm. worth it probably that's the thing like it sounds bad, and I'm sure this is. I'm about to make so many people's blood boil, but I see Scotland as just kind of an extension of England. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. Same with Wales. Like, I just think let's just fu- let's just have a fucking great football team and just become one country. Ah, oh, this is so. This is a thing where, you know, I mean, right. So this is obviously a historical thing, right? The reason why, you know, they hate us is because. The English have just been knobs to all those smaller nations that are attached to the United Kingdom for so long, whereas like they've yeah, never really sort of treated them as equals. They're just sort of no, no, you're, you're you're you know you're part of this, but you can't have a government like you listen to us, uh, you know things like that to the point where like only in the last I think was it thirty years or something, Scotland has had a, a government of its own, a devolved government at that where it can't really do too much. So like only then no. have they sort of gone, I gone and you can have. You know, you can have your say for what you ought to do in your own country, just because England can't be fucking arsed. But um, I'm all for, like, if they treat them a bit better, maybe they'd want to stay. And, yeah, imagine having Team GB instead of just England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. That'd be sick. That'd be It'd be so good. good I don't I don't know if any Scottish players would get in. I'm trying to think. Scott McTominay. I think Gareth. Huh? Scott McTominay might get in there. Andrew Robertson. We need a left back. He can get in as well. All right, there you go. And then Welsh players. I mean, there's some good Welsh players. Gareth Bale back in the day. Ga- yeah, Gareth um, Bale be on the subs bench for now. Yeah. Uh, any other Welsh players? Uh, I don't know. Ryan Giggs would have had a great time in England shirt. Oh, in his day, he would have had a good run. And then some Northern Ireland players. I can't be, I can be honest with you, I don't know that many. No, I don't, I don't think there's many to shout about. Ooh. I don't know. But hey, so... Uh, how much of Braveheart is true? <gasps> mm, bits. Uh, so Wallace definitely existed, and he was definitely a hero figure for Scottish rebellions, and he definitely defeated the English during some battles. But also, there's literally two fucking documents that give accounts about his life. Yeah. So it's an area of history that's really foggy. So watch Braveheart as a Mel Gibson turn off your brain, freedom kind of film, <laughs> and not to get your fucking historical <laughs> um what's the word historical accuracy education yeah education it, it, it's yeah, it's fucking bullshit yeah no it is it is, it is. and uh, uh, the only time he ever says i believe freedom is when he's being killed isn't it isn't it doesn't he do it during his speech oh maybe they'll take our lives but they'll never take our freedom uh, and then and then when he's getting disemboweled as he's having his guts ripped out, he just like he's just like last last ditch, freedom, and then just sort of. Mel Gibson loves being in films where he fights the English because he was in the Patriot as well, oh, of where course. he's literally fighting the Redcoats. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then Mel Gibson's an anti-Semite, so there. We go. <laughs> Mel Gibson is something, isn't he? He is something. <laughs> um, he's just. I, yeah. Listen, I like Braveheart. I, like you said, it's, it's a switch your brain off and just enjoy it movie. I quite like it. It's it, it's a mm. guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, uh, things like Tartan. Tartan obviously being quite famous in Scotland uh, with your kilts and mm. stuff like that. Apparently, it's French. Uh, and 
it's not a Scottish thing. Like, obviously, I, I mean, with a name like Tartan. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, with Scottish, we say Tartan. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's apparently it's not a Scottish invention. It's a French invention that was brought over to the Scottish because they had some friendships. And apparently, that might not have been the case necessarily during William Wallace's era as well. They might not have worn tartan then, and especially not to battle. They would not have worn kilts in battle. <laughs> They'd have worn. Like what everyone else was wearing, yeah. fucking armor and yeah, like chainmail. Yeah, it doesn't seem very practical. No, it's not practical. It's like whenever you see a Viking in a series and they're just running around naked, uh, and it's like they're not stupid. They definitely wear armor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but did they fa- paint their faces blue? Would that be a thing? I, uh, I think the Scottish thing of painting their faces blue is just like a bit of a myth. You know how like the uh, the Vikings wear hel- horns on their helmets. It's just like a Victorian invention. Mm. I think it was more like a the Romans wrote down that the Picts and native English would colour their skin blue. Uh, I think, obviously, they've just carried that on and just assumed that that's what Scottish did in a warfare, and I'm not entirely sure if they actually did. Right, okay. To be fair, props to Scotland. When it came to the Roman invasion, the Romans took over England, but they couldn't really crack Scotland. Ah, man. Hence Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, Scotland's a hard nut to crack. It's full of hard people. Still is now. Wouldn't fuck with them. Do you know what it was? It was Christianity that softened the Scots. <laughs> how how has he managed yeah, to do this? Opening a fucking wormhole. How has there. he done it? How has he brought religion into this? And where it was not brought up once, except for the Pope, which you did bring up. How has he done it? I did bring up the Pope. And it's because Scottish had the old gods when the Romans were around. They had the old gods. They had like you know. Actually, I, I won't even know. I won't even know because they wouldn't have not had the probably Germanic gods. So I don't even know whose gods they'd have had back then. But they had the tree gods and the fucking spirits and shit. And when the Romans came over with their Jupiter and Venus and all this shit, they were like, I'm not fucking about with that. Because the Scottish were like, nah, man, I've got mystical tree gods over here helping me out. So I get to your fuck, man. And the Romans were like, all right, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to build a wall here. I'm just scared. They were terrified. <laughs> they were absolutely terrified of Scotland. They would hear noises. That's it, because... And just be like, nope. Scotland wasn't... Obviously, like, England, Scotland, that wasn't massively civilised, so they must have seen these, like... Because Rome was civilised and quite well-to-do, so they must have seen, like, what they thought of savages just running towards them and be like, hmm, actually, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, we discussed it in Boudicca episode, if anyone wants to go back and listen to some old episodes. Plug. Yeah, that was a good plug. Uh, Boudicca, 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 whichever one you want to go for, we talked about how... Julius Caesar, when he first went to England, Romans back then were like, there's fucking monsters over there. Like, I don't want to go. Mm. <laughs> they were terrified of what was over in England and Scotland and whatnot. Yeah. They were absolutely terrified. They legit thought that monsters lived up there, and especially up in Scotland. They're like, like whatever's up there, I'm not going near. I'm not want it. Crazy. So, would history of William Wallace being clearer if he won and stayed alive? Of course it was. But unfortunately, uh, he met a very grisly end and the English were like, well, we'll write him out of history for for a little bit. So he is still obviously one of Scotland's greatest national heroes uh, and he is the inspiration of the Scottish resistance to Edward I. And there were statues of him around Scotland and he's widely celebrated. And even today, the fight for Scottish independence remains, except it's a bit more democratic now. Yeah, because it's not as acceptable to just, you know, kill a bunch of people in a town off the border. Wage war. And yeah. then, you know, take the head off the other person for doing so. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you got to talk to Nicola Sturgeon nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on with her at the moment. I've not been really keeping up with it, but apparently there's some issues with her and Alex Salmond. 
Uh, yeah, something the sex scandal. I don't fucking know anymore. I don't watch the news anymore. I know I've been out of it for a little while because I was. I'm a fan of Sturgeon, uh, and I'm a fan of her Independence Call. But I don't know what's gone on recently, so I'm not gonna put my foot in it and just say, "Yeah, I like Nicola Sturgeon." It turns out she covered up a sex scandal. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting involved yet. <laughs> not doing it. Not Get doing the facts it. straight. Not doing it. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, maybe she can be the modern day William Wallace. All right. Well. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Right. Um, in Sterling, they've got the Wallace Monument, which, if you're up to date with our social media, you will have seen an image of recently when we asked. Uh, basically, it was a clue. As I to won't who. lie. As I was writing this episode, and you put that up, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I've literally write about." It. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> now I know. Yeah, so that's Wallace Monument. Uh, that's in Stirling, obviously, where my family are from, in Stirling, Scotland, uh, which obviously is the scene of one of his most famous battles against the English. Uh, they built that, I think it was finished, I mean, within the last century. It's not that old, although it looks very old. Um, this towering fucking spear coming up from the hills right into the sky. I've been there. Uh, I went there when we went out to visit my family like, years ago as a kid. And honestly, it's fucking amazing. It's such a cool place. Uh, from up there, you can see everything. You can see all of Stirling, all the forest, the lake, the river, everything. It's a fantastic place beautiful. to go. Honestly, James, it is beautiful. And I would advise anyone, if they want to go to Scotland, go and see that, the Wallace Monument, because it's brilliant. And also, at the bottom of Wallace Monument, they've got a massive sword, which is believed to have been William Wallace's sword. Like a jet actual sword. Yeah, although I'm not sure how true that is, or whether it's more a replica of what it may have been. But it's what they call it a bastard sword, which is just a massive two-handed one. And it's like I love that the fat fuck off bastard sword. I uh, it, it's it's honestly apparently it's like seven foot tall. Come on now, he can't have used that. That's yeah. just not logical. Apparently he was a beast of a man, like a hefty hefty bloke, and he would wield this bastard sword both hands and apparently there's a story and again like you've mentioned a lot of it must be myth or folklore but apparently there's a story that he executed like six blokes with one swing of it like all on their knees and he just like you know like a hammer throw just swing 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 and whoop six heads just got lopped off using it bloody hell big guy big guy yeah yeah man imagine being the sixth bloke though just watching all these uh, heads just swing off as it's like sling 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 (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, that's really cool go see the uh, the wallace monument in sterling fucking amazing brilliant place i've just looked at the picture again looks amazing it's beautiful there you are scotland a national hero for you and i won't lie a cool guy i'm english and i think he's cool so you've got my backing he is a cool guy he's the best guy We need more William Wallaces. Guy. We need more William Wallaces in like the Scottish government and in Parliament up there. You know, people that might. Uh, do you know what? I'm saying this, but realistically, it, it's it's probably not a good idea. Uh, it's great to have independence and whatnot and claim to be your own sovereign nation. However, I think over fifty percent of Scotland's exports are with imports and exports are with England. So if you weren't part of that, yeah, you'd have to negotiate a new deal and. You know, I don't know. It, it, it would get very messy, and I just it would be on the news all the time, and I'd get bored of it. Oh, 100%. It, it is, it's, a, it's a messed up thing. It's all to do with economics and shit. It's not like it was in the old days when you could just say, nah, fuck off, I don't want to do it, and then you'd be off. It's not like that. It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah, no one invades anymore. It's very boring. 
Aye, man. It's the most peaceful time in human civilization, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And hooray for that. Aye, hooray for that. So, there we are. William Wallace. William Wallace. William Wallace. William Wallace. Now, apparently, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is uh, this is me being very generic about the Scottish people, but I just take this from my nan. Uh, two L's almost is not pronounced. Like, we'd say William uh, and in Scotland, it's just William. It's almost like you don't say it. It's like a Y. Two L's become almost like a Y, like William. William. Right, William. Uh, it's, yeah. William. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, to be fair, that does sound very Scottish. William. No, I mean, that's just how my nan would William. say it. William. <laughs> that's how I'm picturing it. How would my nan speak? <laughs> and I'm just doing that. <laughs> so I, I sound like Mrs. Doubtfire, really. That's what my nan's like. Oh, hello, dear. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh man, that's fucking sick! I love this. This was a great episode. I enjoyed this. Um, right, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Uh, next week, we're talking about a guy called Paul Alexander. If you've never heard of him, I'll not be surprised. Uh, I've never heard of him. I'm not surprised. However, he is one of, I believe, two people left in the United States who almost exclusively uses an iron lung to keep him alive i have heard of him <laughs> because of you because yes, you i me mentioned him <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we're going to talk about paul alexander yeah he is a guy who as a child got put in an iron lung obviously how does a man like it, it doesn't matter if you don't know what it is you're just going to have to listen to next week's episode aren't you or you know if you want to be really like clued up with it have a quick google and find out but that's who we're going to be talking about next week paul alexander uh one of the last iron lungs in the u.s uh which is a really interesting story and like actually one that's you know well well done to you paul well done so look forward to that Kudos, paul look forward to that next week um thank you very much james for that episode because i fucking enjoyed that i really enjoyed that i think no we should have more scottish heroes on the show I, I enjoy Robert it. the Bruce, maybe. Robert the Bruce, yeah, why not? Let's get a Robert the Bruce show. Although, there's a theory that maybe Robert the Bruce is the part of the reason why William Wallace was captured in the first place. But uh, I don't know about that. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. Look forward to next week's episode. Uh, follow us on all the social media if you fancy that. On there, you can get the link tree to like uh, other social media stuff for us like our Kofi page where if you are feeling generous you can donate to the show uh just you know a pound or two or whatever you want in your own currency uh it really massively helps the show like we've had a few people do it before and it, it's honestly it's it's so humbling so thank you very much uh thank you again for everyone who does listen to the show on a regular basis uh if you haven't already uh if you could uh drop us a review on i think it's apple podcast is the main uh app uh that we listen to on so if you're using apple podcast please just give us a five star say hello um and yeah we'd be eternally grateful thank you very much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed it join us next week and we'll see you then Ta-ra. Ta-ra.